Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. Good morning, Blessing. How are you, sir? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I was uh, Somebody pointed out to me today, it's actually the four-year anniversary of uh, Rogue One being released in theaters. So I've been getting a lot of nice tweets today. It's quite, it is. Congratulations. Quite, quite gratifying, yes. There, there, yeah, you, you retweeted that. I, I forget. Uh, it might have been like Nerdist with like some of the shots from that movie. And man, like yeah. that movie is really pretty. It's a good-looking movie. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite Star Wars movies. Very good movie. Uh, Gary, I want to I compliment you on your Christmas getup. I really thank appreciate you, the you. Fall I'd, I'd, Guys I'd, I'd, Christmas sweatshirt. I, you know what? I got to tell you, this is my favorite Christmas sweater, the Fall Guys people. Thank you very much to the Fall Guys people for sending this to me. You can also buy it on their merch store. Uh, it's it's my favorite Christmas sweater. And I've been getting a lot of compliments on it. It's very festive. It's very warm and soft. Like This is not one of those like shitty Christmas sweaters that they like throw out there just to cash in. It's a quality item blessing. It's a quality item. And I'm very, very uh, happy with it. And I wish, honestly, that I could reciprocate the festive compliments back at you but like you're not you're not looking festive yeah. at all what is going on here's the thing october like october is my is my month of getting festive during the year okay. you know because i'm such a big halloween fan as everybody knows okay. and so i put all my eggs in that basket i figure for christmas for uh december time i gotta lean off of it because i don't want people making the accusations that blessing is the christmas guy i kind of funny i don't want to i don't want to deal with that uh, that weight on my shoulder. I don't want to like make that claim at all. I don't want people to mistakenly make well, that. And claim. you would never get there. You would you you could never defeat exactly. the, the Christmas champions. That kind of funny. Of the, course, like, it's you, you know, and Kevin, me and Greg, and like who who are the other big Christmas fanboys that uh, kind of funny? I believe Kevin Coelho claims. That oh yeah, I can Christmas. I can believe yeah, that. He, I can believe yeah. that. He really loves Christmas. Like I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right kid. now. I think Kevin is the biggest Christmas fan. That kind of funny. Now, Joey Noel's name is literally Joey Noel, which I'm pretty sure is a Christmas yeah. name. Her well, wasn't birthday, she born, yeah, yeah, her birthday is Christmas Day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to get more Christmassy than that. I would, I mean, it's too late now, but I would happily go head to head um, with Kevin next year in like a kind of funny Christmas battle royale. To see, see, I want to see that. The true king of Christmas. Oh, I'd destroy him. Oh, man. Shots fired. Kevin Coelho, if you're watching this, which he's not, <laughs> I want to see the return. Uh, speaking and I love of Christmas, Kevin. Speaking of Christmas, I got a question here from Ray B- Ray Briggs II, who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, Hey, Blessing and Gary, happy final Widow Wednesday of 2020. With the break coming up, what is your what is your catch-up game you're going to try and get into or get into or back into this Christmas? I feel like we all tell ourselves the lie of a game we are going to get back to and finish now, now that we all have the time. So what is your lie? I am totally I'm I am totally going to get back to finishing Final Fantasy Remastered. Thanks and have a wonderful and restful break with your family and friends. Merry Christmas. Gary Witta, do you have any Christmas plans when it comes to gaming? I you know, I have such a big backlog. I know we were going to talk about Cyberpunk at some point today. One of the arguments I've been making about Cyberpunk is that I'm perfectly happy to wait for them to fix it before I play it, because it's not like there's any shortage of games to play right now. My backlog was embarrassing enough before Cyberpunk uh even came along i want to get to yakuza like a dragon uh i want to get to final fantasy 7 remake um oh you haven't gotten there yet no it's still sitting there i I don't i don't know um if it got any kind of performance boost on playstation 5 or anything because obviously that's what i would play it on now uh or if they're going to do any kind of glow up at some point i should look into that but i do want to get to it let me ask you this blessing what 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 do you think is more shameful the game that you bought and never even got to you know because we've all we all have those or the game that you like got three quarters through but never finished. Like, which one shames you more? 
Here's the thing. That I think when you one, get when you get you when you get three fourths through a game and don't finish it, I feel like it's more on the game at that point rather than you. Like, because that that's that that's happened to me quite a few times with games. I think that was me with Devil May Cry Five, the latest one. I got three fourths of the way through it, and I loved my time with it. But at a certain point, I was just like, I'm not that interested anymore. Like, I feel like I've gotten my experience out of this, and I don't feel motivated to see this thing through the end. Yeah, and it's always sad I feel like when that's a game more of the game out like that. Yeah, yeah. And like I feel like I feel like when it comes to games that you buy and don't start up, that's more that's more so of a thing of all right, I'm just not motivated yet. And I I, I expect to be motivated at a certain point, but you ne- you just never get there. And I feel like that's more on me than the game of the buying biggest, a thing and planning to play it and never playing it. The biggest one for me is Persona 5. Joey knows this. Some other kind of funny people know this. I loved, 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 and do and still love Persona 5. It was my probably my favorite game of that year. But I never finished it. It's so epically massive. And I got all the way to like the last mind palace or whatever it is they call it. Oh, man. And I loved everything about that game. I loved the music. I was listening to the music on my iPod all the time. Um, I just loved hanging out in the coffee shop. I just loved being in that world. And I loved yeah. everything about that game. But it's so epically big. I remember finishing like the first mission and thinking, man, this is a pretty big game. I must be like halfway through it by now, though. And they're like, well, you're pretty much done with the tutorial. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this game is huge. And so I never finished it, but but there is redemption um, in the in the, uh, in the the face of the Royal. I picked up the Royal. Ooh, it's the only, I think it's no. the only game I've ever bought twice. I bought, I bought the game twice. I bought the original Persona 5, and then I bought the Royal because I feel like that's what, r- rather than push through and finish, Persona 5 like regular mm-hmm. I'm just going to start over in the Royal and like experience That's, it all, all over decision. again I'm yeah. very good decision. Finish it. very good decision my uh, my recommendation is uh, you're going to notice some new characters uh, and to get to the new stuff you're going to have to do as much as you can with those new characters uh, okay. that, that, that is something a, a lot of people tweeted at me like ah, I missed out on the platinum and I missed out on the, the new story stuff because uh, I didn't hang out with some of these new characters yeah. Um, so, yeah, so what are the like, big differences what, what, what is the big just, new stuff just, of the Royal it's ads an, it's an overall improved game like mm-hmm. there are certain certain me- gameplay mechanics that are improved like there, they, there are added battle systems that just make that experience overall smoother and then yeah, yeah there's new story stuff they add an extra semester to the year and so oh instead God. of ending in december the game ends uh, a few months after and all that stuff is very it's very additive and i think yeah makes for as, the as if that ideal game wasn't big enough already so it, it, to get like it um it adds an extra palace uh and it gives like okay. three more solid weeks of gameplay because uh, oh. in the in the base game you kind of like went from december to i think like march and like kind of like you went to like very specific dates and you're like skipping a lot and just getting to very uh uh, specific moments uh until the end of the school year uh and so it it adds a a little more into january into going into february uh completely changes kind of the the ending of the game um and that was something i was personally worried about because i love the ending of persona 5 uh and i was i didn't know if they could like improve that i knew it was going to be different and uh, somehow i love the ending of they nailed it. even more yeah let me let me, let me let me ask you this on a question of like gaming ethics especially mm. given that i already played through much of the first game mm. do you think if i want to get everything possible out of persona 5 because i always have this anxiety like am i missing content like if i didn't mm. go down that avenue did i miss like a big chunk of like content that i want to see i really want to get the most out of the game do you think it's cheating or is there anything shameful in playing through that using a, a guide to make no. sure no, that you see everything? Not at all. Not, not this, okay, no. this is maybe my only complaint. And it's not even like a complaint. It's just like a, a qualm I have with the way I like to play games is I feel like in order to play Persona 5 
the perfect way, you have to use a guide. And yes. the game almost encourages you to, to use a guide in some ways right. if you want to get the most out of it. That said, Persona 5, I think, is set up in a very fascinating way where so much of what you're leveling up and so much of what you're doing gameplay-wise isn't necessarily communicated to you in a very... The, uh, uh, a visible way mm-hmm. where like you're you're upgrading your stats you're building your confidence right but like and, and there's that stuff that, isn't uh, that stuff isn't like displayed to you in a way right. where you're like okay cool i'm five away from upgrading my uh my confidence stat or whatever and like uh, especially right. in royal like some of the new added stuff that they want you to focus on in like the battle system they don't really um they don't really tell you like how important some of these things are, like the baton pass and uh, mm. some of the extra things that you kind of need to utilize, like for certain boss fights. So and, I yeah. think, that, and I that think kinda... like a guide, like you, you should totally go that route. Because I did it a little bit on the first one. Like I, 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 I straight up cheated on the tests. Like I went and I went and found like <laughs> the answers to the tests. Um, yeah. And I, did, and I, and I did look and I did look up the guide for like some of the conversation trees to make sure I got like the result mm-hmm. that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like I'm cheating, but. I don't know. It's my game. It's I bought fine. it. It's my yeah, money. I can do what I fine. want. Yeah. And fun fact for the test, uh, this is something I didn't realize until late into the original Persona 5. If you are, well, I guess this doesn't work for the for the exams, but for whenever you're getting questions asked in class, if you press the touchpad, it'll bring up the percentages of people on your friends list and what mm-hmm. answer they chose. Oh, so oh, so it's not really just a friends list. It's like, I think it's all... Um, Everybody People, who's played the game. Yeah, who everybody who's played the game who's uploaded um like what they have done. Uh because <clears throat> you have to like enter into that like Phantom yeah. Thieves Guild net or whatever. That's um, true. Yeah. So uh, then you, you can pretty easily get But yeah, because of that, there. like that saved me so much time in terms of Googling stuff. Cause I would I would Google every single answer in Persona 5. And I realized I was spending so much time on that. And when I learned that I could just press the touchpad and figure out the percentages and get the right answer every time off of that, saved me so much time. Also, uh, Royal improves uh visual stuff i think it's like uh 4k supported and stuff like that uh because the oh, original wow. the original was built originally for ps3 and so they're like it was on ps4 ps4 pro but it didn't have like any ps4 pro enhancements so overall just like it looks better it looks cleaner um and yeah there's just like a lot of thing. there's a lot of like quality of life fixes that make what i already thought was a really smooth experience even smoother I'm excited. I, all, all I have to do is like, I have to make the decision that like when I boot it up, like this is going to, I'm going to, I'm ready. Like the next couple of months is like, this is what I'm playing. Cause I'm really determined to see it through, you know, to the end this time. But you know, it's a, it's a big commitment. It's a massive, massive game. It is. And with persona five, I do not blame you for not finishing that game because it, that game is way too long. Persona is way too long and I love <laughs> it. And like, I put all the hours into it and I abided by that. But again, it is one of those things where if, 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 if Persona was any other game, by the time I got to hour 70 or 80, I'd be like, mm-hmm. fuck this, I'm out. But because it's Persona right. and I love Persona, I, I, I give it that. I give it those hours. Uh, it's, my, it's my favorite game. And yeah, they could have cut, cut a palace. They could have cut out so much, specifically the Okumura palace that didn't need to be there. Uh, but to answer Raybrick's question for me, I got a list of games that I'd, I'd like to get to realistically probably not going to get to like i have like a, a triple threat of playstation games i want to play being days gone concrete genie and the order 1886 because okay. as somebody as somebody who really likes that's PlayStation, a really like random trifecta of games it is but i, I it's for me it's the fact that like i like playstation and i'm on a playstation podcast and like concrete genie i've heard such good things about and it seems like a great comfort game and it seems like a game i could fall in love with and doesn't like i didn't i don't need to play that at launch right it's not like a big conversation that's happening around that game days gone i feel like it's such a big playstation title for the generation and knowing that there's such fan fervor for for that game i kind of want to check it out to see if i would get into it because i kind of wrote it off because 
of uh, reviews and all that stuff. And I feel like that's when I should at least try out for that. And then the Order 1886, it's a short game. And like, I'm kind of in the mood right now to shoot things in games. <laughs> I think that's just because coming off of Cyberpunk 2077, I love the gunplay in that, in that game. And so I, I kind of want to do that. But then aside from those, 13 Sentinels is a game that I started and di didn't get uh, uh, extremely far in. And I want to get further in that. Genshin Impact is another one that I really liked what I played of it. And I want to get further in. And then Bloodborne is always the game that's like floating around at the back of my head that I always want to get back to. But I keep delaying it right now uh last week i jumped back into bloodborne and i'm in the forbidden woods and there are these snake creatures that are the most terrifying things i think i've seen in a video game and they are making me not want to make progress in bloodborne so i'm trying to reckon with that i think i might stream bloodborne on my personal channel and so it, it's an interesting conversation blessing junior yeah it's, it, it's an interesting time to be having this conversation about tackling our backlogs as we you know kind of straddle these two generations right we're, we're at the beginning of the new generation right now but there's still a bunch of latin what are now last gen games that we didn't get to yet like i'm talking about final fantasy 7 remake you're talking about days gone those are relatively recent games that are still in our backlogs but now mm -hmm. we're on this next gen console part of what is giving me pause about jumping is in is like i kind of want to see like suddenly with these big titles like final fantasy 7 like days gone which was a big game last generation there's a good chance they might get like a like a ps5 glow up right and so i kind of want to yeah. wait to see if that's going to happen before i jump in because if i'm going to do it ha having that next gen um uh improvement would be actually would be a great uh incentives so, okay now now i'll go play it but I, I maybe i should do my research and see like what games might be getting those glow ups and what i don't know how how open they're being about like what games I, they, they might be going back and retooling for ps5 well gary speaking of games that need improving today's stories uh. include even more cd project red drama uh uk politicians doing something about scalpers and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news needs to know about if you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you ps i love you xoxo is recording this friday and it's the ps i love you awards so go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and write in with your picks for the best of in playstation in 2020 and just and as a reminder argue don't go over to Patreon. Go over to kindoffunny.com slash PS Awards. That'll send you to a Google thing that you can uh, write into. You don't need to be a Patreon supporter to submit. Very, very good call, Barrett. Uh, and, of course, you can write in with your picks for the categories we can, we, ha we have. You can write in with your uh, the categories you want me and Greg to debate and argue. It'll be a good time. And, of course, that episode, I believe, will go up next week at the normal time. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Upstart. HBO Max for the holidays and Brooklinen, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Before I do the beep, did you see what I slacked you was? No, let me let me look over right. there. Uh, while you I look over there, it's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. And as I stall for time, as I look at this thing, Barrett slacked me. What do you got? Late, late, late breaking news? We got some breaking news. Okay, no, news. this is 
this is in the 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 Roper report. Oh, it's this? like it's story number six. Yeah, I haven't like I have it mm. under a weird source, but basically, yeah, this this tweet that you're sending me confirms it. And so Gosh. we'll get there. Okay. Uh, if you could actually, Barry, if you could copy and paste that link under this the last story, so I can reference it when I get there, that Will would be do. awesome. Uh, but let's start at the beginning though. The CD Project Saga continues somehow. Story number one: Gog nixes the re-release of horror game Devotion. This is from Nic- uh, Nicole Carpenter at Polygon. CD Projekt-owned storefront Gog is pulling horror game Devotion mere hours after it was announced for the platform. Red Candle Games Devotion received critical acclaim for its intimate familial horror, but it was only available on Steam for six days before it was removed from Valve's storefront, meaning tons of people never got to play it. Devotion may never come back to Steam, but it was getting a re-release through GOG.com on December 18th, uh, Taiwanese developer Red Candle Games announced on Twitter this morning. Then, GOG published an update to Twitter, announcing it will no longer publish Devotion. GOG tweeted the following, quote, Earlier today, it was announced that the game Devotion is coming to GOG. After receiving many messages from gamers, we have decided not to list the game in our store, end quote. Devotion was removed from Steam shortly after its release date in February 2019 after a meme critical of Chinese President Xi Jinping, uh, which compared his likeness to Winnie the Pooh, was discovered in the game. Chinese players began review bombing the game on Steam before Devotion was eventually pulled for for a, quote, complete QA check, end quote, the developer said at the time. The game never returned. Red Candle Games has, has apologized multiple times for its critical and unprofessional error that angered Chinese fans. With hundreds of replies already, reactions to the announcement tweet have been broadly negative, with many assuming that GOG is bowing to political pressure given the alleged Chinese government reaction that saw devotion delisted from Steam last year. It marks another controversial moment in a turbulent week for GOG owner CD Projekt, which has also been scrambling to to explain an increasingly difficult launch for Cyberpunk 2077. Gary Witta, how do you react to, to all of this? Uh, well, so far as the, the devotion thing is uh, concerned, um, it's I think it's sad and somewhat predictable, you know, because we've seen... Uh, the the very powerful uh, influence that uh, that China can China can have when uh, games or uh, gamers or you know any kind of uh, art form or media expresses um, any kind of uh, sentiment that might displease uh, the Chinese government, uh, and that's really sad. You know, we 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 saw it in the NBA, we saw it at um, uh, you know we, we've seen it in you know the esports, the Blizzard tournaments. Yep. You know, we've seen uh, we've we've seen many many examples of this now, and this is just the latest one. Um, my 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 initial thought was like this could actually end up being good for this. I had never heard of this game until this controversy kind of put it on the front page, and I and I, I read a little bit about it today. I read um, a piece on Vice about it. And I read uh, some of the stuff that our good friend um, Rebecca Valentine uh, posted on Twitter this morning. I said, "Wow, this actually sounds like a really cool game. How did I miss this?" And it's this controversy. This is a game that could have come and gone, but it it um, now everyone's talking about it. If the question the question is who who would publish it at this point? I feel like it's a fixable issue. They they shouldn't have to fix it, but it's not the the issue. It seems to be one one particular instance of a meme that seems like it could be easily removed from the game, and then maybe that maybe publishers again. There's a, a maybe there's a publisher somewhere that would step up and actually publish it here um, in the U.S. I don't know if they can get it back on Steam or if GOG would publish it. Epic, I'm guessing, is a long shot considering you know their own uh, Chinese business interests. It's just it's just another shitty you know situation where business and politics fuck everything up 
Um, it makes me sad, but I'm hoping that this that there could be like some kind of you know silver lining at the end of this that this controversy actually does kind of put the game on on the race. Certainly did for me. Again, I'd never heard of it until this morning. Uh, I actually would really like to play if some, someone wants to publish it. I'll go buy it and play it and stream it because it could be really cool. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is upsetting. Like I've seen, uh, I, I'm like you, right? Where this this story was the thing that alerted me to this game and going on and researching it. Right? It's very obvious that people really like the game. The game seems to be very, uh, uh, the game seems to be quality. The studio seems to do quality work. I think the to what you said about they could just like remove it or whatever and, and and have it work that way i wouldn't even be surprised if they did because they mentioned here in the story that red candle games has apologized multiple times for the quote critical and unprofessional error right and like if you're re, if you're re uh upload uploading the game for purchase you'd imagine that they would edit it so that they wouldn't run into the same controversy or maybe not who knows maybe they've realized that they can double down on it because it is freedom of speech it is them uh, owning their product and not giving into this political pressure that's being bestowed upon them. I think the fact that GOG came out and tweeted uh, their tweet is very upsetting because it's worded in a way that I feel like is very just uh, like has no balls whatsoever, right? Like the tweet reading earlier today, it was announced that the game devotion is coming to GOG. After, after receiving many messages from gamers, we have decided not to list the game in our store. What does that mean? Why would you put out that statement? I feel like that is the worst possible way to frame a game obviously being taken down because of political pressure. And if that's the case, like say it or sugarcoat it or say say something else other than, yeah, gamers messaged us and so we're not putting the game out. Because that I, that know, doesn't explain anything. That in itself is an ups upsetting explanation for this. The part, the part that hasn't been discussed yet, but or that was what I read in some of the reporting uh, this morning, was actually quite serious, that, that the Chinese government revoked the, 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 the publisher's business license for publishing this game. So the China really, really came down on them like a ton of bricks. Um, and you know whether or not they can even republish it or if the developer would have to go to another publisher, now maybe a US publisher, I don't know. The problem is... Who's going to do it? Because everyone's terrified of China. It's almost impossible these days to do large scale business without China being in the mix somewhere. If you're a major publisher or a sports league or, you know, you're releasing a movie like the, the Chinese market is so big that the idea of being frozen out of it is from a business standpoint terrifying and that's scaring off a lot of people that's why we saw the nba making all these bullshit mealy mouth statements remember when that all that was happening last year yeah. blessing with the nba and um and the uh the, the the um the hearthstone tournament stuff and people were getting really upset about it and rightly so so no one's got the balls to stand up to uh to china because it's such a big deal and i think that in this case it might be particularly uh, an ugly situation because it's a Taiwanese developer. And as I'm sure you know, there's like big, big political friction between Taiwan, Taiwan and China. They don't get along at all. China really, really resents Taiwan's independence. And, they, and Taiwan really, really resents China for not, you know, for making such a big deal out of it. And, you know, to the mm -hmm. point where, you know, the two nations are practically constantly on the brink of war. So a, Taiwan, a Taiwanese game publisher pokes fun, you know, even in a very kind of obscure and innocent way at the Chinese government. Yeah, they're going to take that really, really seriously. Um, it's just unfortunate that, again, we because because business is so global now that even here in the, in the supposedly free Western world, we are subject to, you know, the totalitarian, um, you know, policies of the Chinese yeah, government. If they the throw a shit bit, we also have, you know, gamers in the US suffer as well. It's fucked up, Blessing.
Yeah, and it's it, it feels like Gog here is giving into bullying. Like that's honestly what it feels like. And I saw in chat right there. Uh, I think there was one or two people that are like, so is the content still in the game or no? And one, I, we don't know. I would I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. And this is the Chinese government slash that user base just bullying the developer because the developer made that. I want to call it a mistake, but I don't. I mean, obviously, it's not a mistake. They put that in there with, with purpose, right? Like there, that is part of the content in the game. They did that, and whether or not they're taking it out, either way, I imagine that user base still doesn't want that game out because they fucked. They 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 did that thing once, and that's it for them. We're gonna we're gonna follow this developer. We're not gonna allow them to put out this game because fuck them. And I don't think that's right. I think that's bullying, and I think Gog here and uh, CD Projekt are giving into it, and I think that's upsetting. And so yeah, and again, yeah. And, and again, the the timing couldn't be. I actually didn't know that Gog was owned by uh, CD Projekt. I have to, it's, yeah. apparently there's just story in chat. There's apparently an interesting uh, no clip documentary about it i should look into that um but yeah like this is the last not 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 that they and i'm happy to talk about this as a separate issue not that they didn't bring it all on themselves not that they don't deserve every bit of shit that they're getting right now they do but this is the last thing that cd project needed on top of everything else what a, what a fucking week they're having yeah and that again it speaks it speaks to that overall narrative of what is happening with CD Projekt and CD Projekt Red and that whole organization over there, where the transition from Witcher 3 coming out and that being one of the biggest games of the generation, one of the most successful games of the generation in terms of both sales and then critical reception, and that game putting them on a map in a way that they become one of the most beloved studios in the industry, to now with this cyberpunk rollout being a garbage truck on fire and not in the fun kind of funny way, but in the the terrible, like, how how is this happening sort of way. this is an uh, is another unneeded rake in the yard that they've thrown out there and now that and now they've stepped on and i i i, I it's funny I, I i almost called this but like in a in, in a jokey way because i never really believed it but like you know i've been doing kind of games daily now for a, a long time and often on widow wednesdays there'd be some news about cyberpunk like the latest mm-hmm. delay or the latest night city wire as you, as you know, blessing like the hype and the and the media narrative building up to the release of this game has been unparalleled, right? So like every single every single oh, yeah. conversation about what's the most anticipated game right now, it's Cyberpunk, and it has been for years. And they just started to get this uneasy feeling, like man, unless this game really is like the fucking second coming, I just feel like people we're setting ourselves up for disappointment here because like even if it's really really amazingly great, it can't possibly match the expectation that we built. Uh, up for us now cd project red are responsible for some of that because well, yeah, again they really really went oh it feels like they spent as much on marketing as publicity as they did on the game almost if not more i mean they really went all out with these night city wires and like massive massive events and they really really did you know, sell yeah. this game to you but then you know a lot of gamers got really carried away with it as well i mean there are lots of big influencers and streamers and commentators in the internet space that were really really going all in on their excitement for this game and thinking feel like there's a slim chance that we're setting ourselves up here for a massive disappointment and i make i can find go back and find the clips where i would say to greg a couple of times like man what if this game is disappointing that's just going to be like the worst thing ever but then i kind of waved it off it's like but of course not it's going to be great right witcher 3 cd project everybody loves them it looks amazing of course it's going to be great but now look where we are and the we and this and the unfortunate thing about it blessing is it was all avoidable this all could have been avoided that's that's the big thing for me is the game comes out, and I think the game itself is awesome. Like, I really enjoyed my time with, with Cyberpunk 2077, and that is very much with the caveat of I played it on PC with the review code, right? And from so, there's so many things we can touch on. Like, this is the third. This is the third day of 
the headline for kind of funny games daily i believe being something about cyberpunk or cd project red and it being a uh a, a negative thing right and like but on Monday, Tim and Tim and Greg had the conversation of how does this launch compare to Anthem or how does this launch compare to Fallout 76? And, you know, it's 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 been that slow burn of on Monday. I'll, I kind of wasn't fully there in terms of this isn't an Anthem launch. Right. Like Anthem had so many things wrong with it. Right. And like Fallout 76 had so many things wrong. With it. There's there's some there are so many rakes that, that that those games stepped on. Fallout 76. I'll never I will never forget the whole a uh, bag fiasco of the special edition sending out the bag and it being oh, made of the wrong God, material. Shitty bag, being, yeah, bad, yeah. And it remind, you know, I, what it reminds me of when they remind me of blessing is like those memes, mm-hmm. like the thing, the thing you thought you were ordering on Wish and the thing you actually got, which is like the shitty version of the item that they showed you. That was that Fallout seventy six bag, like the thing that they showed you on online looked like this amazing like premium item. The thing that you got looked like one of those ninety nine cent fucking reusable shopping bags they give you at Trader Joe's. Yeah, and we're good. And with CD, it was CD Projekt Red and with Cyberpunk, like we're getting there. Like we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're multiple days in a row and there are multiple different controversies for a game that in itself, like when you look at the content and when you look at the the, the merits of the game, I think it's a very good game. I think it's awesome. I think there's so many things that, are, that, that, that that game has going for it. But when you zoom out and look at all these things, these things going on around it, when you look at uh, some of the content and how that doesn't uh, live up to like some of the bad parts of the game just straight up don't live up to, to a lot of the good parts of the game. When you look at the review code situation and how, yeah, you only give review codes out for PC. And I remember like this, this morning, you know, sitting on it and ruminating on it. I was like, man, this is kind of fucked up. Right. The fact that I got this PC review code and I'm experiencing all these bugs. And in my review, like I, I mentioned that, right. And I talk about it and I keep giving the caveat of, Hey, there's a day one patch because in that email that they sent us, they talk about the day one patch and we know that it's 50 gigs and all that stuff. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm experiencing these bugs, but hopefully day one they're fixed. The fact that day one comes and you look on the internet and you see all this shit going on in the game, like there's so much in that game that feels like such a betrayal to the fan base, that feels like a betrayal to uh, the consumer base in, in general. The eight million pre-orders that that game has, it's messed up, and I hate harping I on this because I don't like going on negative rants about games but oh, it's the, no it's the big it's nuts. the biggest it's the biggest story in games right now and it's an ongoing story because there's like a new wrinkle to it every day with the refunds and everything else um we talked about this a little bit before the show if, if it if it were just a bad game it would be easier to to, to grok that i think like we, we all know how to respond to games when they're bad we see that every all the time and what's more frustrating is a game that tr- that clearly has greatness in it but it won't let you get to it because it has all these other flaws that are kind of keeping you at arms. Like, oh man, this game could be so great if they just fixed all this shit. That's even worse in a way. That's that's even more frustrating. I really want to play Cyberpunk. It's, that looks like a cool world that I want to go spend a lot of time in and be like a cool badass with shit coming out of my arms. And uh, that, that will sound, that yeah. all looks really good to me, but I'm not going to play it. I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to wait because I have confidence in six months or so It'll actually be in good shape, and then I'll go. Like there is a good game in there that they that they can find, and they will get there. I'm confident they will that there will be a redemption narrative here. And six months from now, you'll be seeing. Uh, we'll be back here, you know, and the, and the and the little thumbnail will be Cyberpunk is good now. Yeah, but it but that should have been it should have been good at launch. And what baffles me, blessing, is that it's it really seemed like they cared. You know, they kept you know they they would write the every time we'd see another one of those little yellow squares on Twitter. Oh shit, it's delayed again, right? 
and we'd mm -hmm. read that text. You know, we really want to get this to you in the right show. We're going to delay it one more time. We don't want to crunch our employees, but you want to get you the best version of the game. We're going to delay. We're going to delay. We're going to delay. So it seemed like they really were interested in this whole philosophy of, yeah, we're, this is a really important project to us. We've worked on it for a decade. We're not going to fuck that up in the, in, in, you know, in the final, at the final hurdle by shipping, you know, an inferior version when we could just wait and ship the right version of the game. But they didn't do that. They, even after all the delays, they still shipped a broken, unfinished version of the game. And so much, and they acknowledge this now, so much goodwill, so much of the community trust that was placed in them. Everything they built up over the years with The Witcher and just the way that CD Projekt conducts themselves and communicates and interact with, interacts with, with the fan base and the community, so much of that has been pissed away. And it all could have been avoided if they had just fucking waited another, you know, a, a few more months. Ship it in spring of next year and, and just wait. I don't know what was the reason. The develop if I worked on this game as a graphic artist or a narrative designer or a program or something, and I put blood, sweat, and tears into this game for eight fucking years, and now this is what I've got. And now this is the result because the, the suit's up on the up on the on the 20th floor decided they couldn't wait to ship it anymore and now we're going to deal with all this bullshit and we don't mm. even get to we don't get to celebrate or feel triumphant about having shipped this amazing thing that we now it's just a bummer for everyone that's bullshit and i don't understand why they waited what whatever reason they could have given us for like oh but we had to ship it now has been absolutely massively blown away and overshadowed by everything it has now cost them all of these refunds, the hit to their stock price, the hit to their reputation, the fact that they've bummed out millions of gamers right before Christmas. In, in a way, maybe, it was 2020. Maybe this is the only way that this, this was going to end in the year 2020. Everything's just fucking cursed. It really, really bums me out. And it also makes me wonder, like, I don't know, were we, were we blind to this, to this blessing every time? Like, why weren't we? Why, why didn't we hear more people? Maybe there were. I don't know. I was kind of wasn't paying a lot of attention to the 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 press leading up to it because I was, I wanted to just like go in cold to the game, uh, maybe someone else can speak to this more authoritatively. But like, were there were there any people saying like why aren't they showing this on base consoles? Is there, like, it feels oh, like yeah. really that something this good would run on a base? It's, don't forget like well, the it's the base. It's, it's the sucky like, thing. Those, uh, those are the machines that people are most likely to be playing it on, and that's where it's most broken. Totally, totally unacceptable blessing. Yeah, no, like once we got close and closer, it wasn't until we got review codes where we were like, all right. I guess we'll wait for the console version and the console version never came. And because of embargoes, right? Like we can't, we, we can't necessarily say that, Hey, we have the game. It's only the PC version. Like we weren't allowed to say that until the day of people kind of had to right. set that, that out for themselves. And yeah, like that was an issue. Right. And as soon as, as, as soon as the review market went up, that was the conversation. That was the whole conversation around it. Like me and Greg did a whole PS love you talking about, yeah, they, the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game might be fucked. And so people might want to hold your pre-orders or hold your, your orders until you see what you are saying about this thing because nothing is promised. And sure enough, like, yeah, those versions came out and they weren't polished. They weren't good. And, that, and, and that's the thing, Blessing, is they, they, there's no way they were blindsided by this. There's no way that the developers or the powers that be at CD Projekt Red didn't see this coming. Like, oh, really? We thought, we thought it ran pretty good. No, you didn't. You fucking knew. You, yeah, knew, yeah. It was, you knew it was busted. I mean, I'm watching some of these videos. 20 seconds for textures to draw in, Compl not even close, not even close to being a, a shippable product. I, it's, it's more than anything, blessing. It just baffles me. This is a good company with a strong reputation, and they knew, and they everything was on the line. This is their biggest game ever, and this is what they shipped. Really? Come on.
Gary, I'm going to keep on the CD Projekt Red cyberpunk train with story number two. Uh, CD Projekt is adjusting Cyberpunk 2077's distracting amount of dildos. Uh, finally, I've been heard. Uh, this is from Nathan Grayson at Kotaku. And before I even get into to it, Gary, let me tell you, one of my big, one of my big uh, flags I've been carrying regarding Cyberpunk 2077 has been about the the endless amount of dildos that are present in this game there are dildos everywhere like the story i keep going back to is toward the finale of the game toward the toward the ending sequence i'm fighting a bunch of corpo agents it's this big moment it's a serious set piece moment and i killed one of the one of the agents and out of him falls a, a studded dildo and i i like in that moment i was like all right this might be too much <laughs> like this might be like overkill in terms of the amount of dildos in this game i'm gonna get into nathan grayson at kotaku uh, who writes the first time I stepped out of my character's apartment in Cyberpunk 2077, I expected to be greeted by a vast world of machine-powered possibility. Instead, I found a dildo. In my time with Cyberpunk since, I have stumbled across many, many more dildos. I've taken to documenting every single one I come across. I have screenshotted 29 dildos. So I had to know, why all the dildos, CD Projekt Red? Why? Quote, we wanted Night City to be pretty open sexually said senior quest designer Philip Weber in an email to Kotaku, where something by today's standards might be ta taboo or kinky is very normal and commonplace by 2077 standards. The second reason for the high amount of dildos in the world is because they can, is because they can spawn as random loot, and we were still tweaking those settings. So, especially during the early reviews, the amount of dildos in the game the, the amount of dildos in the game world was pretty high. We're going to adjust them so that dildos won't so that dildos don't appear too out of place slash uh don't appear too out of place slash context and distracting and more and more where they where they should be by design weber said also noting that a recent hotfix may have already adjusted dildo density to an extent so at the very least the dildos probably won't stand out quite as much anymore um it's a fun story. I, I highly recommend people actually go and read Nathan Grayson at Kotaku's full story because I, I pretty much clipped out certain parts that were necessary to get the, the point across. But Nathan Grayson goes into why exactly the dildos are kind of jarring <laughs> to the overall experience when it, is, it isn't like, oh, yeah, there's a dildo in this nightclub or there's a dildo weapon hidden here, right? It is like a they drop his loot when you defeat certain characters and that is that, that can become jarring to the experience when you are when you when you are playing a game in this quote-unquote serious uh grounded open world cyberpunk dystopia um and yeah it's fun to see that apparently yeah during the review period there were more dildo spawning than there seems seems to be now and so if you're wondering a lot of people in chat are shouting out dildo density which is hilarious if you're wondering uh why you haven't seen maybe as many dildos as i've been alluding to is because there are more dildos when i was playing the game than when you're playing the game which i think is hilarious because people are still seeing a lot of dildos um but yeah gary when you get up when you get the game look forward to not seeing as i many mean it dildos. sounds like by the time i finally get to it this uh, this issue may have been uh, corrected um in in some way i may, I may not have the same experience as you I, I i just want to say i really enjoyed hearing you report on that story blessing because just hearing you say the word dildo like so many times is just like really amusing i enjoyed that like, oh yeah the this chat, week the chat really enjoyed the term dildo density yeah that's oh, yeah. a good one yeah i've Who said dildo... that, that was an issue i mean this is, the, this is video game design in the year 2020 dildo density is now a thing i've said the word dildo more times this week than i think i ever have 
in my life. I've never been more uh, close to the idea of of, of never been more involved in dildo conversation than this week. I had a I had a week I had a week in Vegas in '98 that came close, but yeah, this is up there for sure. Um, yeah, it's it, it look, it's it's almost as though they set out to ask themselves what is what are the most embarrassing problems that we can create for ourselves here because they already had this issue with this bug right with your character walking around with his cock out apparently half the time i saw that that was a big issue mm-hmm. uh and now you know too many too many dildos i'm not you know i'm personally not offended by dildos but too much of anything can be a bad thing right if you're just seeing them constantly ever it's like i get it i get it this is a sexually you know liberated and open society people are okay with the idea of like dildos you know on the street but like if you yeah. overdo anything if you overdo anything, if you hit it on the head too many times, um, you will, you know, you'll you'll lessen the the effect of it. So yeah, um, and like you know, if there if, if there was like if there was like a side quest that alluded to something regarding the dildo industry in Night City and how yeah we created an overabundance of dildos because they were hot in 2069 or whatever, and like in 20 in 2076 the the dildo industry crashed but there's this like over abundance of dildos because of that and because like people didn't know what to do with these things i feel like it could be a fun bit i feel you could do something with that but it's just the fact that no dildos just exist everywhere it's not explained why there's dildos all over the place and it seems like they knew that because they've adjusted it already uh uh in that apparent i assume what do you do with the dildos that drop as loot are they useful items no you you pick them up and you scrap them like they they turn into whatever material that dildos Uh, are made out of there is a dildo weapon though so there is one go for it if we're if we're wondering about the dildo industry and like when it crashed and stuff have you tried selling dildos and how much do they sell for no, I had I had uh, a one of my upgrades for my character was to automatically craft any junk and uh, dildos count as junk, which okay. I feel like don't count the dildos sh- short, right? Like no need to like call name call dildos as junk. You know, let me just have that as a common item. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much they cost. I assume they yeah. cost like five cents. I'll, I'll, I'll do some uh, investigation to see how much the dildos uh, sell for. Thank you. And Fair then, yeah, maybe and then we can like, figure out what happened. Kind of funny you're wrong. How much the dildos are dildo dark web you can get on and make make big bucks. <laughs> Speaking of which, I still haven't gotten my pleasure sleeve in the mail, and I'm very upset about that. Did you order one? I didn't know you ordered. I, I think Tim. I think Tim ordered, ordered them. Oh, no, I think God. I think Tim ordered them for the company. Wow, so, what a boss. Yeah, no, this is what I'm saying. Uh, story number three, we're still not done with Cyberpunk. Uh, there's a Cyberpunk refund update. This is from Patrick Klepik on Twitter. He tweeted out the following. People are starting to get this response back from CD Projekt Red after emailing their help address for refunds uh, of the game. The language is interesting. It doesn't tell you to request a refund from Sony anymore, so you're just supposed to wait. Uh, this is the exact message that people are getting back from Cyberpunk. It's an automated message. Uh, Dear Gamer, which I'm going to stop there. CD Projekt has got to stop with a dear gamer because I feel like it's never a good way I to mean, start that's off. That's who they're marketing to, though. Like we talked about their whole like marketing process uh, on the Gamescast, which you can find on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Like they are marketing to people who consider themselves gamers. All right. I don't like it. Just call me a customer. I, no, like, no. call me something else. Don't call me a gamer anymore. Call me a piece of shit before you call me a gamer, all right? Please. Uh, but yeah, they write this. Dear gamer, this is confirmation that we have received your assistance re- uh, your assistance request for refunding a, co- a console copy of Cyberpunk 2077. As this email was sent automatically, we kindly ask you to not reply. We'll get We'll get back to you as soon as possible, no later by the end of 2020, with information regarding next steps. If you own a digital copy of the game on Xbox, visit 
visit this Xbox support article, then they link to the article, for details on how to refund. If you own a digital copy on PlayStation, please wait for us to get back to you. For help with other Cyberpunk 2077 related matters, please please visit our technical support website, CD Projekt Red Team. So there's your update if you're looking for that refund. Apparently, on PlayStation, you got to wait for them to get back to you. Apparently, on Xbox, you got to hit up Xbox support. And so we'll keep we'll keep up with that as that story goes that whole this whole refund situation overall let me say is very ridiculous for how they're handling it but i'm excited to see how it pans out (laughs) for them story number four actually before i get to story number four we are late in the show and so i'm going to tell you about our sponsors of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by upstart there's a lot of economic chatter right now about the state of the market is it recovering? How long will it take? Have we seen the worst? But if you're struggling to pay off high interest credit card debt, you can't wait for those answers. You need to take action. Now, with Upstart, there's actually something you can do today to help fight off high interest credit card debt. Upstart is a revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your job history in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull and won't affect your credit score, the hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 500,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and hurry up to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. We're also brought to you by HBO Max. In true 2020 fashion, the holidays are going to look a little bit different this year. That's why we partnered with HBO Max to keep the spirit of togetherness alive with their library of films for the holiday season. Staying put with your quarantine crew for the holidays? HBO Max has the bingeable series for you. At home with your overbearing family, HBO Max has that movie to get lost in. Doing the holiday solo, HBO Max has the titles you want to discuss with your friends and family virtually. No matter what mood you're in this holiday season, HBO Max has something for you. HBO Max has so many holiday, uh, so many classic holiday films now streaming like Holiday Affair and A Christmas Carol. Enjoy one of the year's biggest movies in theaters and on HBO Max on the exact same day. Sign up for HBO Max to stream Wonder Woman 1984 and even more heroes like Titans, Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, and Batman v Superman. Wonder Woman 1984 is in theaters and on HBO Max on December 25th. Sign up and enjoy even more hits now like Game of Thrones, Euphoria, and Flight Attendant. Personally, actually not personally, uh, Greg uh, says he'll be watching The Last Christmas, uh, The Family Stone, and of course, re-watching Die Hard again and again, all of which you can find on on HBO via HBO Max. Uh, If that wasn't enough, December 25th also adds The West Wing, and December 28th is his Dark Materials Season 2 finale. Get cozy at home this holiday season by heading to hbomax.com now. Lastly, 
We're brought to you by Brooke Linen. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull the cover the covers over your head and go back to sleep. Uh, I kind of felt that way. But of course, we got a job to do. And so I'm here. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why you want to go back to bed. You don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. Brooklinen has started. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting and is so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, and even loungewear and more. You can buy sheets, bedding, pillows, all that, all at once and save even more. Uh, uh, Tim loves Brooklinen. He talks about how it matches uh, his home. Uh, Greg always talks about how the Brooklinen towels cover his shame. He's a big fan of them. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GAMES to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter code GAMES for 10% off your first order plus free shipping. brooklinen.com and use promo code GAMES at checkout. Story number four. Uh, UK politicians call for action against PS5 and Xbox Series scalpers. This is from Andy Robinson at VGC. A group of British MPs, uh, and I believe that's members of parliament. Does that sound right, Gary? What are you? That's know? correct, yes. There you go. British MPs have called for legislation to prevent PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S scalpers from reselling consoles for vast profits. Six Scottish National Party tabled an early day motion on Monday calling for legislative proposals prohibiting the resale of gaming consoles and computer components at prices greatly above manufacturers' recommended retail price. Early day motions are motioned tabled by members of parliament that formally call for debate in the House to draw attention to particular subjects of interest. Monday's motion, which has so far been signed by a total of 15 members of parliament, also calls on the UK government to make the resale of good of goods purchased using automated bots, software software favored by scalpers to circumvent retail queues and illegal activity. The MPs suggest uh, implementing legislative proposals similar to those introduced for the secondary selling of tickets, which require resellers to be transparent in regards to their identity and details of seating. Uh, the motion states, quote, New releases of game consoles and computer com components should be available to all customers at no more than the manufacturer's recommended retail price and not be bought in bulk by, by the use of automated bots, which often circumvent maximum purchase quantities imposed by the retailer, end quote. It says that the action banning bots would, quote, deny unscrupulous vendors the chance to make themselves vast profits at the, at the expense of genuine gamers and computer users, while also deterring fraudulent cyber criminal activity. And, quote, Gary, are you all about this? Do you, do you think it's worth making legislation to ban scalping? Yes, absolutely. Good. Yeah, I, I'm sure if you've watched any of my previous um, commentary on this stuff, you know how I feel about this. I've talked about it on the Xcast, talked about it on Games Daily. Um, it's awful. It's 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 terrible. It's anti-consumer. It's it's driven you know purely by you know greed and avarice. And to me, it just it just inherently goes against like the basic social contract that you know we're all supposed to kind of treat each other with like with fundamental. 
uh, decency, not not trying to constantly kind of get over on one another and and, and get rich at the expense of um, you know our our neighbors. It's just awful. I and I and I really hate it. And and I've been scratching my head as to what can be done to combat it. Uh, at various different levels, retailers have systems in place, but again, these these scalpers have found ways uh, to circumvent that. Maybe government legislation um, is the next step. I'm glad you know the British government isn't doing much right these days, but I'm glad they they seem to be uh, tackling at least uh, this problem. Uh, when we here in the United States get a functioning government back on January 20th, maybe we'll do something about it uh, as well. Um, and I and I can't wait to see that happen. It's it's a common problem. Um, we've we've been dealing with these issues now for a long time. Uh, so, so something something has to change because you know there's a lot a lot of uh, gamers oops, sorry uh, a lot a lot of gamers and uh, kids and families and people that just want to get their hands on an Xbox or a PlayStation are not going to get one this this holiday because they're all sitting in in, in a fucking warehouse somewhere uh, you know being sold for three four times uh, their retail price and it's absolutely disgraceful it make it just makes me sad it makes me despair about you know the the you know whether or not people are fundamentally uh, decent. There clearly are many out uh, out there who are not. If you are in the business of of buying up PlayStations at retail uh, in in bulk, so that you can send them on to sell them on to uh, consumers at a massive markup just to enrich yourself, you're not you're fundamentally just a not not a decent person. You're not a good person. And these people don't care about that. I've seen them on social media bragging about ah fuck you, I don't care as long as I get my money. They can all fuck. It really really makes me angry. Um, and I, and I, and I wish there were a way to fix it. I don't know if legislation is the answer, but it's one of the many avenues we should be looking at to try and cut out this disgraceful and antisocial behavior. And I, and I hope it works. I hope, I hope they pull it off. Yep. I 100% agree. And I think there, there will be people out there that, that will say that, Hey, this is anti-capitalist or whatever, right? Like you're not allowing the market to speak for itself, but there is not really a perfect system when it comes to this shit. And I think it's worth uh, implementing systems or in order to counter where systems are failing. And so when people are scalping uh, at the rate that they're scalping the PS5 and Xbox Series X, uh, it is worth putting systems in place to counter counter that and not allow that to suffocate the market and not, not allow that to uh, make it so that it is impossible to find these things. Any way to counter that and any way to make sure that the market works the way it's supposed to work and people are able to get their hands on these things and people are not able to to uh, profit off of taking advantage of a shitty situation, right, with the pandemic, with how difficult manufacturing is, with all that, you know, make it so. And so I think this is a good idea. My one question would be, how do you manage this? Like, how do you how do you make it so that you can monitor and keep scalpers from still scalping shit? And I think that, that is going to be difficult and that I don't necessarily have too much faith in. I feel like scalpers are still going to scalp whether it's illegal or not, but at least like, you know, put regulations in place, make it difficult for people to do so and scare people also. You yeah. Know, you're never going to completely, you're never going to com- completely wipe it out because scalpers don't have to play by the rules. They're not driven, you know, they're not, they're not um, uh, hemmed in by any sense of kind of morality or fair play or, you know, the rule book. And, you know, on, in terms of you know the, the companies and the governments that are trying to you know uh, regulate this, they do have a rule book, and so you know it's, yep. as long as one side's playing by the rules and the other uh, isn't, um, it's it's going to be hard to do. But we should at least be doing everything we possibly can to make it as difficult for them as possible. You know, you get, just make it to a point where it's just not worth the aggravation to do it, and they'll go find they'll, and, they'll, and those same people will go find some other way to scam people. Um, and you know, you, you'll, they'll, you know, it's, it's like whack-a-mole, you know, you whack, you, you whack a rat somewhere, it just fucking pops up somewhere else with some other, you know, shady scheme. 
but you know we're here to talk about video games and right now this kind of bullshit behavior is is affecting um you know uh well-meaning people in the video game world they just want to get a playstation or an xbox they, they they or a or a 3080 you know it's happening in the pc world as well yep. you can't get your hands on a high-end graphics card right now because the bots are doing their thing over there as well so it affects all of us um and it makes me sad it, it just makes me a little bit a little bit depressed i want to believe that people are fundamentally good um and i do believe that but oftentimes when I, every time i see a story like this it kind of just chips away at that a little bit and it, it just makes me sad blessing i 100 agree Story number five, Fortnite has 120 <laughs> FPS support and an Among Us-inspired mode. Uh, this is from Tom Ivan at VGC. And I'm going to try and sum this up because we're late in the, in the show and I want to be able to uh, make sure that the next show starts on time. Uh, and so, yeah, the latest Fortnite update has added 120 FPS support in Battle Royale and Creative Modes on PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S. And so you'll be able to, to enable that in the settings menu, of course. Um, let's see here. And of course, fast you forward. won't be okay, really right. able be able to utilize that unless you have 120 hertz uh, TV or monitor. of course, yeah, yeah, you'll need the right monitor to make Which that I uh, do, happen. And it's dope as fuck, bless. Oh, really? I didn't know you had uh, 120. Oh, yeah, I got FPS that OLED monitor. with the 120 hertz. Let me tell you. Oh, I'm oh, very jealous. No frame drops, man. It feels good. I'm very jealous. Uh, Epic has also launched a new limited mode uh, playlist called The Spy Within. Inspired by popular social deduction game Among Us, it'll feature a series of hidden identity games created by members of the Fortnite community. The Spy Within supports 10 players, including two spies and eight agents, who start each round by by uh, who start each round only knowing which team they are on. Spies bid to eliminate agents without re revealing their identity, which they need to do before agents complete their objectives. And this is fun because I think I can't remember if you were there, Barrett, but there was a few weeks ago I was having a conversation with our Fortnite group, and I was talking about how I wish they would put Among Us. I was I was there, and I thought you were an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and lo, lo and behold, it's happening. And so I'm trying this out. Barrett, are you willing to try it out with me? Uh, I do mean, it, like we tried out. You gun know, you want to We tried out gun game like a week or two yeah. ago. Yeah. And here's the thing: it's like it's a it's a fan created mode. I think uh, in the creative mode that like they're now like spotlighting, which is cool. Like shout out to the fans who are like trying to get creative and uh, bring in these new modes, paying a paying homage to Among Us, uh, paying homage to gun game from Black Ops and stuff. But it's never it never feels like quite right. So I don't know. I I say we just play Among Us Plus. I mean, I'm down for that too. I like I like fan made stuff. Like I just I just like trying stuff out and seeing how creative people can be. I've recently gotten back into dreams and going back in there and seeing the genius that radiate radiates out of people. It's always it's super fun to me. And so I'm I'm gonna check it out just for that reason alone. I don't expect it to be amazing, but who knows? Maybe it'll be a hit. We'll see. Uh, our last. I, I, I just want to say I find it a bit annoying. It's a bit aggravating to me. Which part? Just the whole, just just the whole. No, I mean, look, Fortnite's entire business model, Fortnite's entire success story is based on this lifting ideas from from upstart games. Oh yeah. So don't forget, don't forget, Fortnite was a dead game. It was a dead game. No one was playing it. And then they saw what what, what um, Battlegrounds was doing. Oh, let's try that. Let's put it in a battle royale mode. And now, of course, Fortnite is where it is. Um, it's happening again now. It's not like Fortnite's struggling or anything. It's bigger than it's ever been. But now they're looking at what you know. What, what's what's the next you know, kind of upstart little indie game that we can uh, that we can uh, turn into a big deal on Fortnite? It, this is a creator owned a creator mode uh, game right now. But I guarantee you, if they if they see success, if they see money to be made here, it's going to get baked into full on Fortnite. And it worries me because Among Us is a really cool game, and I, and and you know, it's not the most original idea in the world. You know, Werewolf and Mafia and things like that were around. 
you know, in the in the tabletop, you know, party game scene prior to that. And Among Us brought it into the video game space. And it's this incredible Cinderella story. Was it like three devs, four devs? That you know, the, the the game was kind of floating around there for like two years. No one really played it, and then it got discovered. Some streamers started streaming it. You know, the pandemic you know made us more interested in social games, and now it's winning you know game of the year awards, and everyone's playing it, and it's blown up. And it's just been this really heartwarming success story to see from a small indie team. So frankly, it makes me worried that when you know Fortnite, which is like the Amazon or fucking Walmart of the video game world, says, "Oh, that's a good idea. We'll take it." Um, that it could, you know, what, what if this ends up like draining people away from the Among Us player base and killing Among Us, right? Mm -hmm. As it, right, as it started to become successful, that it worried me and I don't like it. That, that is a good point. Um, of like, because this style of game has been brought to video games and Among Us made it popular, uh, a couple of years, uh, Fortnite, like wants to showcase a creator thing, but like, just a reminder, like Among Us didn't start this kind of game like the this is existed no before. i mentioned werewolf and mafia yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. other games yeah but like this is happening because of among us though yeah well you yes and, and you're gonna i just got an email from a pr company today pitching me on another game where i was i was reading the the like the two paragraph description. I was like wait this is among us and you're gonna see this now in the same way that PUBG launched a whole world of battle royale type games you're gonna see a whole world of among us type games trying to capitalize on this oh yeah and I'm excited. I'm excited about the Among Us future, honestly. Uh, and like, I'm, I'm I'm with you, Gary. I understand how that can be a, a worry, right? If like this becomes a hit in Fortnite, then they adopt it somehow, and then that takes away from the the success of Among Us. I I have mixed feelings about it because I think Fortnite is very good at how they adapt stuff when they do. And so when you look at the evolution of Fortnite from the very beginning to what it's become now, like Fortnite is the is is the biggest thing in the world because they've done such a good job of copying other games and. Copying and uh, iterating and innovating in some ways, where yeah, they they did they did uh, battle royale because of PUBG and how successful PUBG was with doing it, and now they're way more successful than PUBG. Cool. All right. Cool. Let's add in the no, respawn thing. Just one other thing. Your chat's annoying me right now. Blessing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, there's a, chat people, keep comments, people keep making comments in the chat about things I've already addressed. Oh well, Among Us isn't original idea either. There was a there was Secret Hitler and Werewolf and Mafia. Yeah, I said that already. Oh, it's just the community mode that they're spotlighting. Yeah, I said that already. If I'm gonna fucking read the comments in the chat, at least listen to what I'm saying. Otherwise, you're gonna keep making comments on things I've already addressed. That's kind yes, of going around today, Gary. Uh, oh, YouTube comments are on that today. It's it's just, uh, comments are on one today, Gary. Chat behave. It's a two-way street. We gotta respect each other. Respect Gary, and Gary will respect you. Mutual All respect. All right, chat. Mutual respect here. Listen to what everybody's saying. We'll have a good time. Love each other. Story number six. Uh, you can play Stadia on your iPhone now. Uh, this is from Damien. Actually, no, I'm not gonna pull from Damien Wild because I'm gonna pull from a tweet from Stadia. Uh, today they tweeted out uh, Stadia is now available on iOS devices. Yes, you read that right. Starting today, you can sign in to Stadia.com on your Safari iOS browser and begin playing your favorite games. Try it yourself. Try it for yourself today. There you go. You can't get a Stadia app on your phone, but you can play it via the browser. And so you know, you have know, you fun know, with that. You know what's getting missed in all of this cyberpunk coverage is that apparently the Stadia version's decent because it's essentially, you know, the, the high-end PC version. And I don't know why Stadia isn't trying to make more of a more of a meal of this. I I read oh, a review are. this morning. I, I read a I read a review of Cyberpunk this morning. It was in the Guardian, which is I think they have good games coverage. And it listed all the different platforms that Cyberpunk is available for. And it didn't even mention Stadia. Which you know, I think says a lot about you know the the battle that Stadia for that has ahead of it in terms of garnering recognition. But this is a great opportunity for them right now. You know, it's PC 
version of cyberpunk is the only version of cyberpunk that is in any way viable right now. And Stadia is the only way into it unless you have a high-end PC, which, of course, most people don't. So I feel like they should be trying to, you know, make make some uh, something out the of thing, it. The thing that like sucks it. for Stadia, though, is all the controversy around Cyberpunk. Like, if, if Cyberpunk came out and it was the darling that we all thought it was going to be and it was a game that across the board was immaculate and was forward thinking and was pushing the boundaries and doing all this stuff and it had that launch on stadia i feel like i feel like that would be such a boost for stadia if on stadia you can get some, some of the the best performance right out of that because it is just this big old computer that's sitting somewhere in google offices the fact that there's all this bullshit happening around cyberpunk i feel like on the stadia side it's probably a big bummer because they're probably looking at that, at that and going fuck man this is going to be our thing. This is going to be our our shining example of a game that runs best here. Uh, and so I, I feel for them for that. But yeah, no, that is that that is a good thing to point out that like, yeah, Cyberpunk right now, probably more, probably worth it playing on Stadia over console, which I think is a which I think is a oh, crazy I mean, I, statement it, to make. From, from, but, what, from what I'm hearing, it's not it's from what I'm hearing, it's not even close. Yeah, which is crazy to think about, but overshadowed again because of all the controversy, which sucks for stadia but what does cyberpunk save stadia it won't <laughs> it won't <laughs> what a wild story that would be though you know very, i'm very excited to see if cyberpunk doesn't see does indeed save stadia but the answer to that is probably so far away if i want to know what's out what's coming out to mom and drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday do 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 yeah out today we got mxgp 2020 for ps4 xbox one and pc colossus down for xbox one uh i guess just xbox one uh synthetic ultimate for switch dealers life 2 for pc and then PUBG season 10 is out today on pc uh there's a season exclusive map called haven which is PUBG's most dense battleground to date for the first time in PUBG's history this one by one map will feature 32 players descending into an urban environment rife with verticality and combat possibilities uh, and then CD Projekt Red has announced a special winter holiday event bringing fan favorite game modes and festive festive themed rewards to wait for it. Gwent the Witcher card game on PC, uh, PC, Android and iOS celebrations start today and will run until January 5th, 2021. So there you go. Uh, we had quite a few questions during the show proper. And so I'm going to skip reader mail and get right in to squad up jay writes in with a squad up on ps5 slash ps4 and says i'm a returning destiny player and i'm one trophy away from the platinum on ps4 and ps5 the last one i need is the prestige trophy uh because i neglected to get it before they changed the unlock requirements also getting into call of duty returning to avengers and gta 5 online whenever that drops for ps5 uh you won't be alone in that jay because i'll also be playing gta online when that comes to ps5 so i might add you uh happy holidays and happy new year to all you can add jay on ps5 and ps4 with the username jx-3 that is the letter j the letter x dash three jx dash three now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong rewrite and listen to what we got wrong as we got it wrong uh <laughs> montezuma gets me on this one and says blessings set to stop calling dildos junk they are fake dicks and the slang term used for them is indeed junk and i can't argue with that we do call dicks junk and so 
I guess, yeah, dildos can be considered junk. Wow, slim pickings, uh, and you were wrong this week, huh? Yeah, there are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, editorializing. Editorializing. Somebody compliments my beard, which I appreciate. Thank you so much for that. I needed that confidence boost today because I looked in the mirror uh, before I took my shower, and I was like, oh, I don't know how this, how this looks. And so the oh, fact no, that... You uh, it. No, you mentioned it. It looks good. I like it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, all this is editorializing, so we don't have any. Uh, they can't fault us. We we nailed it. We got everything right. Yeah, we think we got everything right. Yeah, all this is editorializing, and so shout out to us, Gary. We nailed it. Yeah, I, us- uh, I usually do. Tomorrow's hosts for the show are Greg and me. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Internet Explorers with Tim and Nick. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, game daily. <laughs>